You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What up? Or is it what's going on? I forget what I say sometimes, but welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program on a March Madness Friday. Hard to imagine, but the next time I say what's going on and welcome, we're going to know where Boise State is going to and playing against in the NCAA tournament. We are Prater in the ball game. This is Idaho Sports Talk. Be a part of it, 208-424-9300. Call the Fat Guys Fresh Daily Hotline. Text the Cloverdale Plumbing Text Line. I'm Johnny Ballgame, JP, running the show in the RowPaint.com studio. Uh, JP's going to have a perfect show today. I can just feel it. He's wearing his lucky shirt. What's up, JP? Looking forward to that perfect show, Johnny. Let's get it. It's, would that be his first perfect show ever, Prater, if he does, be. in fact, have one? I mean, no comment. 20 years with this guy? No, no comment. <laughs> well, Mike Prater, my partner, a longtime sports editor at the Idaho wherever. And, uh, <laughs> Just say Idaho, and, yes. And now he's uh, hanging out, with, hanging you, my out with me, man. You and your Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt today. Yes! That's loud, bright, and yellow, just like this Friday should be. It's a pretty exciting day ball game. Here in a couple of hours, Boise State's going to go off and try to accomplish things that this program has never, ever accomplished in the history of this planet. I love saying that phrase. Yeah. In the history of, of the this planet. planet. It does make it sound a little bigger. <laughs> it is. And, and tonight is big, big, big. We don't get to these situations with Boise State basketball that very often. So even Prater's going to get sucked into some Johnny Johnny drama here. Johnny drama. That was one of, That's my, a, favorite. One of my favorite characters of all oh, time. Victory! <laughs> hey, drama, when's the next series of Viking Quest come out? Uh, six years ago. <laughs> He's got a new show coming up, too, by the way. Oh, uh, does it really? With some Entourage buddies. We'll talk okay, about that cool. over the weekend. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, up? I'm pretty fired up for this game. I know you're pretty fired up for this game. And uh, you've been watching college basketball in the Cubicleville. I've been trying to lean over your shoulder and try to catch some highlights. Ball game, it's exciting. Selection Sunday, now just a matter of hours away. Still a lot of basketball left to be played. It's going to be a terrific weekend. Prater, in about 10 minutes, we will speak to... Uh, one of the great Boise State basketball players in history, maybe the greatest, uh, maybe the greatest career professionally that any Boise State player has had, maybe outside of Chris Childs, right? Chris Childs was playing in some big NBA playoff games, but our guest coming up, Tanaka Beard, uh, you're talking a very illustrious European career, but he's still Boise State's all-time leading scorer. This one is important to me. This one is very important to me personally. I, I wanted Tanaka Beard. Tanaka Beard's been on the show once. I, it was a long time ago, and I don't re- even remember why. Uh, but uh, we were scheduled to have him yesterday. He had four. He was working the Big Sky Tournament downtown Boise, about a half a mile from our offices right now, and he had four games yesterday and couldn't quite get it through to get on our schedule. So I actually went down to the games last night, and I did the old-fashioned Prater thing. Just stalked him. Stalk, 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 baby. And all there, he, there Prater was standing around the corner when he walked around the corner, and we had a friendly chat. Great guy. Can't wait for him to join us. He's not only at Boise State. He hasn't played in almost 30 years at Boise State. You said he's number one in points. Mm-hmm. He's also number one in free throws made, number one in free throw attempts, number one in blocks. The only person to be first team all-conference three straight years, a freshman all in I mean, he did everything. Only player to lead the team in scoring all four years, probably. 100% true. You look in the Boise State record book right now. Yeah. 
His name is mentioned 81 times. Now you can safely say he's the best player in Boise State basketball history, I think. I mean, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to challenge him on that one because I voted for Chris Childs in my column a couple okay, weeks ago. Okay, well, let's see what he says. He's going to be joining us in a matter of minutes. Also joining us two guests, both from Las Vegas, Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, BJ Reigns, Bronco Nation News. All right, let's get down and dirty. By the way, we'll also do Rock, Jocks, and Pop. We got some good questions for you today, giving away a, a gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs. Um, first and foremost, uh, the, the magnitude of this game tonight. Okay, first off, Wyoming isn't 100% in yet, according to most bracketologists. They need this win, uh, so they're going to give everything they have, Prater, Boise State, same thing, though. They want to make history, like you said. They want to get to the championship game of this tournament for the first time in school history and win the damn thing and get themselves the best possible seed. Is that kind of the ultimate storyline with this one? Are we past Leon versus Linder? Leon versus Linder doesn't... uh, Yeah, I'm not too much worried about that storyline. Ball game, I'm going to say something that I'll probably regret tomorrow, but I say that all the time, and I regret it all the time, and I've lived through it. Here's how about this for a little Johnny hyperbole. I think I can make a case that this is the most important basketball game in the history of Boise State's program. Tonight. Tonight. Wait, are we flipping roles? Is this Freaky Friday? Is this vice versa? Is this that movie where I wake up in the morning and I'm Mike Prater and you wake up and you're Johnny Ballgame and then we go on the air together? That's my line, man. Yeah, and you've never looked better, by the way. School record tonight. If they if they win, twenty six wins. Right now they they have a they're tied for the school record with two other teams. So it's happened three times in the history of Boise State basketball tonight. For the first time in the history of this planet, Boise State can win twenty six games in a season. They have never ever been to a Mountain West title game. Period. Never been to a title game. I don't even care about winning it. We'll check that box tomorrow if they get there. Certainly, there's three boxes that need to be checked, in my opinion, in terms of unfinished business. The 26 wins, getting to the Mountain West title game, winning the Mountain West title game, and then getting an NCAA tournament win. That's the ultimate here. You have to have a couple more boxes, then you get to the NCAA tournament, and you can check that box, an NCAA tournament win. Those are the three boxes that Boise State basketball needs to check. It's not a successful season yet. If they lose tonight, and lose next Thursday or Friday, it's going to be a very disappointing season. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm following you. This team is different. I think Boise State gets the job done tonight. We'll talk about the NCAs next week. But I think that this team still has a lot of work to do ball game. And tonight is critically important to the psyche, the psyche of this program. You cannot finish this season on a downer note. So you said this could be like, this is like the biggest game in the history of the program tonight. Well, I mean, like, you're, I know you're flirting with that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I think, mean, think uh, about that. There really isn't. I'll give you a top ten because I'll say the seven times they've been to the NCAA tournament. And that got them nothing. And I get it. They were the they were a, a, a 67 seed, right? Yes. You know, they had no chance in those, but they were tournament games. And then all those great Big Sky tournament championships you tell me about. Oh, pretty good. Pretty the good. 2008 conference whack championship the Boucher boys when they beat um, New Mexico State in overtime this is with all those yeah I, I, but I think the important the difference here is the psyche of this team the psyche of this fan base yeah I really truly believe that I think a win tonight let me put it in a way that Jeremiah Dickey could understand I think a win tonight could mean thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations to this program because the psyche of this program Boosters and fans and Leon Rice and players just getting here to this point is good. 
But you know what? We can't let them down. If they win tonight and get to a title game and go to an NCAA tournament game and just finish with this magical high, there's going to be buzz in this town. It's going to be like football type of buzz. Mm. The opportunity, the potential, the money, the ramifications, the psyche of this program. I think you can, if you win tonight, if you win tomorrow, if you win next week, you're going to go into the offseason and this program could be facing a life-changing crossroads and going in a direction where they could sustain what they did this year and not just a one-year blip. That's what I'm talking about here. It's kind of the bigger picture stuff. And I really, truly believe, yes, it is hyperbole, but I really think that there's some substance there to that. This is an important, critical victory to the psyche of this basketball program. Yeah, like people getting excited about basketball in, like, October. Yes. September. Like, people, like, looking ahead. Oh, some type of midnight madness. People actually showing up. Boise State doing something like that. Boise State fans. fans not no say- more commercial flights. Like, all this there you stuff. Go. Like, yeah, you're right. This could, a win tonight could elevate the program into a stratosphere that it's not been to where sustainability is now in the discussion. For that, that's bigger than winning the Big Sky Tournament Championship game and getting to be a 14 seed or a 13 seed like our boy Tanaka Beard was in a couple minutes and getting your teeth knocked out by some major program. Okay, all right. I'll play along. You know I love that. What do you guys think? 208-424-9300, Cloverdale Plumbing, text line, is this and pray could this be the most important game in the history of Boise State basketball? What do you think? If they lose tonight and lose next week, you know the fan base. Like if they lose two in a row if, tonight, you know and then the, they're one and done. The fan base is going to go, oh, Leon did it again, <sighs> and then we got to go into the offseason dealing with that. You don't think they're on borrowed time right now? Like, like even if they lose these next two games, they lose tonight and they're one and done in the tournament. It's not, hey, this was still the best basketball season this town has ever had, and we can't wait for basketball next year. You think there's the, there's uh, yeah. a lot of air out of that balloon, yeah. huh? I kind of think that, too. Right? You know this fan base better than anybody. It's, you know what will happen. We've yeah. had to work our asses off the last month just to get on the Leon Rice train, just to get on the bandwagon of Leon Rice. Like, this team is different. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. It is. No, you're right. You're right. And uh, if they can finish the job, I think that they could really create something magical in the offseason and continue to build. If uh, they don't, ah, ball game. Football season starts Monday. Yeah, all right, right. I know. Yeah, football season starts Monday. Uh, no, nah, I mean, or in the following Monday. The following Monday, correct. The following Monday, because yes. Monday is going to be spectacular. Yes, The yes, Selection yes. Sunday show at Extra Mile Arena is going to be spectacular. And tonight, Leon versus Linder, Wyoming, Boise State, KBOI coverage starts at 7 Tip-off is at 7.30. I know what a lot of people are going to be doing on this Friday night. Another shout-out, speaking of Selection Sunday, you know, we want you to participate in our bracket challenge so we can all make fun of each other. We'll be updating the standings on this show. So all you have to do is go to KTIK.com, fill out our million-dollar bracket challenge deal sponsored by Cloverdale Plumbing and Westside Pizza. So make sure you're doing that. You can sign up right now, and then when the picks come on Sunday, you can get on there and do your thing. We want everybody in this stinking town to sign on up. Boise State basketball's all-time leading score, Tanaka Beard, next on Prater in the Ballgame. Follow the madness of March. Up he goes for a two-handed Tomahawk stop. Every slam dunk, buzzer beater, and Cinderella story. Drive to the basket and flush it in with the left hand. Your exclusive home of March Madness is Sports Radio, The Ticket.
What's going on? Welcome back. Idaho Sports Talk, Prater and the Ball Game here on a March Madness Friday. And Prater, we've been waiting all week for this guest. So let's head on over to the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline and welcome in the all-time leading scorer in the history of Boise State Bronco basketball, a name that has resonated in this community now, Prater, for almost 30 years. And the great Tanaka Beard is with us right now. Tanaka, happy March Madness, my friend, and welcome again to Idaho Sports Talk. What's going on today, man? Oh, man, doing well. I'm uh, anticipating a great end to the weekend, a great tournament. Um, had a great time being back in Boise and missed, missed the town so much. You get back here and you forget all the all the things that the city meant to me and then get here and the energy is amazing and I'm just happy to be back, man. Thanks for having me on and all of it. Love it, man. And Tanaka, he's doing all the coverage there at the Big Sky Tournament at the Idaho Central Arena and uh, you can see him there on ESPN+. Plus. Tanaka, what... What goes through your head when, when you hear me say you're the all-time leading scorer still in Boise State basketball wow. history? How special is that to you? You've had an illustrious professional career overseas, obviously, but how near and dear to your heart is that you still hold that scoring title champion in this program? Well, just to be honest with you, it was something that I wasn't aware of. I mean, you've had a ton of fantastic players come through the program over the last several decades and and uh, i mean it was really the last thing on my mind and then about 2014 2015 time frame someone reached out to me and told me about anthony drimmage who was very close to breaking the record and at that time that kind of brought it back to my attention i was like oh wow i didn't even realize that was still going on <laughs> you know i thought it had been passed for years ago to be honest with you so it, it means a lot, obviously, because of the growth of the program, the development that the program's taken on, and and the talent, the caliber of talent that we've been able to bring to Boise. Um, it means the world to me that I can still be mentioned and remembered amongst all of those great players and those great talents that have that have uh, been a part of the program. That voice you hear, Tanaka Beard, one of the greatest basketball players in Boise State history, as Johnny was saying, number one in points, also number one in free throws made. Number number one in free throw attempts, number one in blocks, and we're talking 30 years later. Before we dive into some more stuff, Tanaka, you said something in your opening, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. You said, what the city meant to me. You're back in town for the Big yeah. Sky Tournament. You roamed uh, the court here for 30 years ago. You don't spend a lot of time here now. So what does this city mean to you? Wow, it's amazing. Well, it really represents my growth as a man. Um, I came to Boise, Coach Die. Coach Barrios, Coach Jensen, even Coach Ryder, um, they helped me to find myself as a, not only as an athlete but as a man. Um, I had some relationships in the community as well. Sheree Webb, who is very instrumental in this city, um, she was someone who was very instrumental in my development and my growth as well. Her family took me in, and, and Leslie Pass, someone who was on campus but helped us. So a lot of people – were really it was really a, a village approach to helping me grow and become the person that I am today. And Boise was extremely instrumental. The energy of the city, as well as just the just the the, the, the people itself that that were huge in that development. Tanaka, I want to ask you about the dynamic dynamics of you of you as a person. We've talked about the stats, we've talked about the basketball and the history, but there was a couple things in doing some research today that kind of struck my mind. When you were a freshman here, you were a fifty eight percent free throw shooter. By the time you left, you were an 80% free-throw shooter. 
You grinded at Boise State. You spent 20 years in Europe grinding basketball. If you look at your Twitter page right now, it says epitome of determination. It, it seems like to me that there was this doggedness, this this bulldog determined guy, this this hardworking, ethics, grinding kind of guy. Is, would that describe you, and is that kind of the success, the secret to your success? Absolutely. Nothing was ever given, um, and I give full credit to my parents, uh, William and Geraldine, for, for creating in me the desire to be the best. You know, not necessarily just greatness, but to be the best. Um, that's something that I've passed down to my children, um, and then the children that I coach or that, I, that I'm training or developing as well, trying to mentor. So, yeah, that's absolutely who I am. That's who I've always been, and that's probably, hopefully it explains why, you know, some of the, the things that I've been a part of is why I've done that, you know, and I don't necessarily think inside the box because of it. So, Tanaka Beard hanging out with us here on Idaho Sports Talk. Where's the name Tanaka come from? You're the only Tanaka I've ever spoken to. Where, where the hell did that come from, man? What's that name mean? Well, <laughs> well, if you know, first and foremost, my name is actually Tanoka, but because of the, just, just because of our, our, lazy tongue here in america <laughs> the name we know i go by tanaka just because everybody knows me as that <laughs> but the proper pronunciation is tanoka and it it is a term it's a name that comes from the swahili dialect meaning brave warrior now and i the reason the best way for me to explain this is that my parents were black hippies back in the day <laughs> oh, God. And so you know we were, they were really caught up in uh you know the the whole movement <laughs> And so that was it. You know, I, I came about at that time. It was perfect timing, kind of a perfect storm. And the interesting part of it is that I've tried to live up to it. You know, I've tried to live up to it and, and be in, in a cerebral manner as well, more so than just the obvious. The Tanoka beard right here on Idaho yes, Sports sir. Talk. Let's go, <laughs> let's go back to your freshman year, 1989-90 season, I believe. You started 22 yeah. games that year. By the way, you led Boise State in scoring all four years. And even if we're throwing out some more accolades here, your name is mentioned 81 times still today in the Boise State record book. Then you went on to three first-team all-conference players. But I wanted to ask about the freshmen. And Tyson Degenhardt, I had a chance to talk to you real briefly last night at the Big Sky Tournament. You said you're still following this Boise State basketball team. Tyson Degenhardt, the most exciting freshman we've had around here maybe since you. What is it about uh-huh. freshmen who can come in, make an impact, do a thing, and what do you what do you like about this kid? I like the fact that he plays hard. You know, he's a kid that is not afraid of the moment. He's he's extremely talented, and I can see the growth from the beginning of the season to the end. Um, and just the fact that he's built, I don't know if it's just who, who he is as a young man, his character, or whatever, but he has he wants to make an impact, and you can see that as soon as he steps on the floor. Boise State basketball playing in the Mountain West semifinals tonight in Vegas. What do you like about this basketball team? Everything. I love the senior leadership. I love the fact that, you know, Leon's got the guys playing the right way. Ball movement, everybody has an impact. Everybody brings their piece to the puzzle. And they are a fantastic team in terms of excitement, energy. They've bought in completely to the to the program and what Leon wants from his guys. And so now they're starting to see the results of it. Tanaka, you played in an NCAA tournament game. This program has still yet to win a game in this tournament, 0-7. What do you think it would mean if this could be the team Leon Rice has that can finally kick that door down? What do you think that would mean to this program and all the alums who had their blood 
sweat, <laughs> tears at the then pavilion. And what would that mean to you in this program, in your opinion, bud? Well, I think it would be the gold dome. You know, we've, we've all been kind of the foundation and brick by brick. We've all brought ourselves our piece to the table and piece to the puzzle. But I think getting a, a, getting a W in that tournament would be kind of putting a gold dome on top of the building to let people know that we're here. Um, and if we could get that done, and I think this is probably the best chance chance for it to happen mm -hmm. because right now college basketball is it's wide open um you know i know you, obviously at the top of the of the, of the heat you have the schools that use the, the one and done kids or kids that kind of are in that realm but everywhere else across the country with the transfer portal which a lot of the midwest schools have taken full advantage of the landscape is very even across the board and it's just a matter really of having great chemistry and putting together putting everything together at the right time. And I honestly think that this is a team that could go out and get a win or two in that tournament because they have those pieces. We're joined by the great Tanaka Beard. Tanaka, I, I wanted to ask you about what you're doing now. I know this week you've been consumed by the Big Sky Tournament here in Boise, um, but uh, I know you're still living in, in Utah after your European career. Uh, I know you have yeah. sons to play cup, play basketball. You've coached some basketball. What are you doing these days? So I'm a high school teacher. And a basketball coach. Oh, sweet. <clears throat> Never expected to do that. Um, I kind of anticipated it as far as the education standpoint, but I didn't think I'd be coaching. I kind of wanted to step away from the game and just be able to sit back and enjoy it as a, as a fan. But I started noticing that there weren't a lot of people that had a background in the game. There were more people that read it in a book or maybe played some junior high and maybe high school ball but didn't have a long-term impact or understanding of what it took to get to the next level. Um, so I noticed that there were young people in our area, in our community, in Ogden area, that were not being taught and developed as athletes. They were being, you know, they were being used for what they could bring to the table, but just there wasn't very much going on past the high school level. So I wanted to try to impact that, change that. And so that's that, where I made up my decision. Is that kind of your mission in life now? I mean, first of all, I had teachers, and she was like five foot two and 150 pounds. Dude, mm -hmm. you're like six nine, three hundred. You're bald-headed. You're, <laughs> you're still fit. You're still scary. I mean, are you the kind of guy that's passing on life lessons now? Absolutely. I definitely want young people to experience some of what I've experienced. I've experienced some of the most amazing things in life, traveling around the world, uh, meeting different people, building relationships across the world. And I can't, I mean, you can't harp on that enough, man, that that's something, again, that's helped me become who I am today. And I think that I'm able to bring something positive back to the community in Ogden. So I'd love for more people to get out and have that experience because I do believe that our community would grow and thrive with more experience, worldly experience. Boise State basketball all-time leading scorer to knock a beard with a Sprater in the ball game, and you went undrafted. I don't know how disappointing or if you expected to have you know an NBA career, but holy smokes, the career you had, you played professionally from 1993 to 2009. What was that like when you were a professional, when you were in your pro heyday? You're winning all four straight mm -hmm. Lithuanian League championships and all that stuff. Did you ever consider mm -hmm. coming back to the States? Right. Early on, obviously, I was very disappointed. Um, and it took me about a year and a half, two years to really get over the fact that it may just not happen for me. Um, I did have some tryouts. I tried out for the Trailblazers, tried out for uh, – Golden State, or no, tried out for the Kings, tried out for Houston, and tried out for Milwaukee. Um, and situational things were with, uh, with the Milwaukee situation, 
we were really close to something happening, and then they were threatening lockout. So I was like, no, let me just go back over and make my money. Um, it just wasn't good timing. And ultimately it turned out to just not be for me. Um, yeah, obviously I was very upset with not having the opportunity. I played against a plethora of NBA talent yep. and succeeded. You know, I had a great career in that regard, as you as you mentioned. So I just got to the point where I was able to say, you know what, I can settle in and just enjoy what I do. And then I finally came to that conclusion, and I just went on and tried to make the best of every opportunity. All right, Tanaka Beard, here's the most important question. I, I wrote a newspaper column a couple of weeks ago about the GOAT of Boise State basketball. I, I think you saw it because I saw you respond on social media. and I spent oh, yeah, way, yeah. way too much time trying to figure out if it's you or Chris Childs. I kept going back and forth and back and forth <laughs> and back and forth. And I think you uh, you voted for yourself. I think I voted for Chris Childs. Let, let's settle this once and for all. Who's the GOAT of Boise right. State basketball? Honestly, it's not either of us. I think it's <laughs> the young man who's playing in the Phoenix uniform right now. Chandler Hutchison. Oh, Chandler Hutchison. Chandler Hutchison, man, he had every skill you need to be successful at the college level. Obviously, I'm still waiting to kind of see where he's going to be as a professional, but he could do it all. He's a talented kid. Um, he's done a whole lot. He's developed and taken taken the name, the Boise State name and brand, further than any of us could have. Chris had a successful career, but I think Chandler being drafted and people having anticipation for his success has taken it a little bit further in that in that respect. I love the fact that you earlier in the interview called your parents hippies. At one point, out of just curiosity, didn't you dabble in a music and a DJ career? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah, man. What's that all about? <laughs> it worked because I was in Europe, right? There wasn't nothing I would have done in America. But I was in Europe. I was kind of bored. I wanted to stay out of the way. So, And I've always loved music. So it was just something. And, and to, to, to be fr frank with you, the music career was more of a dare than anything else. And I just went—I just went about it like I do everything else, and tried to do the best that I possibly could. <laughs> Again, basketball legend, Boise State legend, Tanaka Beard, giving us his time. Uh, he's covering the Big Sky tournament, so you'll see his pretty face there on ESPN <laughs> Plus doing his thing. And you know, we got—we got to get a Tanaka Beard, some type of a jersey or something, hanging at Extra Mile Arena one of these days. Really appreciate your time and. Uh, we won't be strangers, Tanaka. Hopefully, maybe we can bring oh, you back man. on after a deep Boise State tournament run, man. I would love it. I'm available. You guys can get to me anytime. Feel free. I'd love to help out anywhere. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you coming on. That's Tanaka Beard. What's your favorite Tanaka Beard memory? Text it to me, 208-424-9300 on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. And don't forget... It's Zamzo's second annual Backyard Berry and Fruit Festival. This is going on now through Sunday, March 20th. About 27, 27 different types of blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, you name it, they have it. They've all just arrived at all 13 Zamzo's locations, making this the perfect time to plant. Uh, JP, uh, let's get to the news. College of Idaho hosting a national tournament game tonight in Caldwell. There's one thing about this you need to know. JP has it next. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. The Treasure Valley's original all sports station. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, coming up poolside from Las Vegas in about eight minutes or so. Talking a little Boise State, Wyoming, and 
Mountain West basketball coming up with Bob Beeler. But first, uh, how about some local tournament action? College of Idaho men's basketball team. They host the NAIA National Tournament opening round tonight. Yotes play Vanguard in the second game at 7 o'clock. Coach Colby Blaine told us yesterday it's strange to be at home this weekend for a tournament. And he's looking for a loud crowd in Caldwell. It's funny for me uh, because we have so much time on our hands. Usually you're scrambling to you know, get on a plane and figure out hotels and practice. And we've been able to hang out these last couple days and, and just worry about our practice plan. And that's about it. And so it's been interesting trying to navigate a new tradition here for the national tournament. But the home court advantage for, for the Yotes is pretty incredible. We're going to have a, I mean, I'm expecting a sold out crowd. I know the ticket sales have been going very quickly. We're sold out of reserve seats at this point. It's only general admission. Um, but when you pack our gym full of 2,400 fans, man, that place is loud and exciting and a huge advantage for us. So now if uh, the Yotes advance, they will play the winner of Ottawa University of Arizona and Tennessee Southern for a chance to get to the Sweet 16. That game would be tomorrow night uh, in Caldwell. They don't make up, they don't have a day in between, huh? They, they just do not. Bam, yep. bam, bam, right. bam. Wham, bam. And uh, as we uh, talk about it, uh, how about a shout-out? Best of luck to longtime SID Mike Safford, who, uh, if anybody knows him, he's moving on to another opportunity with Oregon Tech after this weekend. This, this is, is Safi's last a, ride. This is his last ride. So uh, good luck to Mike Safford. Uh, miss you. Going to miss you, man. Big Sky Basketball Tournament, Idaho Central Arena downtown. It was Montana State led by their head coach and former Boise State Bronco, Trisha Binford, uh, knocking off Northern Arizona, 75-64. Darian White, a grad of Mountain View High School, led the Bobcats with 17 points today. And uh, semifinals of that tournament tonight for the men, Montana State, Weber State, 530. Portland State, Northern Colorado at 8. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl has a new executive director. Danielle Brazil returns to the uh, game after spending five years as an associate AD at the College of Idaho. She has spent nearly a decade with the bowl game starting in 2007 as a marketing director and operations person. Uh, She then spent time with ESPN Events, who actually owns and operates that bowl game. Yeah, ESPN made that hire, and uh, that's a good hire. I know uh, a lot of us know Danielle, and she does a great job. Did a great job at the College of Idaho, did a great job with that bowl game. Um, her basic job here is to maintain sponsorships. Idaho Potato Bowl, don't screw that one up. <laughs> and then work with ESPN on finding opponents. So uh, it's a pretty cool deal. Idaho Steelheads and the Toledo Walleyes. Battle of the Fish tonight in Toledo. Uh, that'll follow this edition of Idaho Sports Talk at 5 o'clock tonight. Steelheads getting a little help back as they will get Oxenchuck, uh, Kyle Marino's coming back to the team, and uh, Will Merchant as well as the Steelheads have been struggling a little bit as of late. But we'll go to that game at 5 o'clock tonight. And former uh, Boise State kicker Tyler Rossa taken by the Tampa Bay Bandits of the USFL in the uh, supplemental draft yesterday. Tyler Rossa will join Idaho Sports Talk on Monday. We're working with him on the time right now. So that's a pretty cool deal. As he's He's been working his ass off the last couple of years trying to extend his playing career. Uh, so uh, good to him, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat with him on uh, Monday. Finally, NFL. A lot of news coming out of the NFL today, especially with some players and broadcasters. Deshaun Watson will not face charges of sexual assault, and uh, Johnny expects him to basically sign with the Seattle Seahawks uh, any any second now, right? I do. I think Deshaun <laughs> Watson will be a Seahawk, um, and it will divide the fan base. I'm already seeing a lot of that, and I've talked to fellow 12s, and they said, you know, I don't want any part of that dude, even if there are no charges filed, uh, it's just too weird of a case and whatnot and everything. 
just because charges aren't filed don't mean you're 100% innocent. There's still civil stuff, but it will divide the fan base, and we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm not really sure 100% how I feel about it yet. I mean, the football fan, hey, all right, all right one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're not sure how you feel about it. Prater, did we not hear him say, hell yeah, in the hallway a little while ago? He thinks he's going to be the Seahawks starting quarterback by midnight tonight. <laughs> I do. And uh, Joe Buck expected to join Troy Aikman in the Monday night football booth with ESPN. They've spent $150 million on those two individuals. Jeez. I think they'll be together for the next five years. Wow. Jeez. Fox Sports will have a new voice of the Super Bowl. Fox Sports will have a new voice of the World Series. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Monday Night Football. You know, and you have the Manning cast that's already signed up for year two also, Prater. How crazy is Monday Night going to be? You're flipping back and forth. You got Buck and Aikman, and then you got the two Mannings. I mean, major firepower. And they've done a decent job in the last year, maybe the last two years, of trying to upgrade that pathetic Monday Night schedule, at least giving me a few games here and there, so... You know, if they can beef up that schedule, give me the Mannings, give me Buck and Aikman. <laughs> Can't miss TV, just like back in the olden days, Bob. I don't like it, Michael. Why? What do you mean you don't because like I it? Because I like Buck on Fox. I like oh. I liked Buck Aikman on the Fox afternoon game. And, sorry, but I'm a Joe Buck fan. I wanted him on the World Series. Uh, and now the World Series to me is going to be a little bit different, especially with my Mariners getting there this year. Yeah, good, <laughs> good luck with that. And uh, you spend way too much time stressing about announcers. Focus on the game ball. I will your, do. your last name is Ballgame. Your first name is Ballgame. Your middle name is Ballgame. Focus on the Ballgame. You know, I've actually had people and their morons that have asked me if that's my real last name before. <laughs> that, that, that would be moronic. I, I have. I really have. And, uh, yeah. Anywho, Bob Beeler, poolside from Las Vegas. What scares him the most about Wyoming tonight? Bob's been nailing it with this team all year. His projections, predictions are coming true. You'll get them next. Do not miss Bronco Focus today from Vegas next on Prater in the Ballgame. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. We are being told that Bob Beeler is poolside tanning lotion is bob more of a sunblock guy or a tanning lotion guy forest what do you think sunblock yeah i say sunblock all the way bob welcome sunblock or tanning lotion tanning oil uh probably sunblock i had a little bit on the top of my head and my forehead today but the rest of it uh you know the legs uh, <laughs> i'm not going to be out here long enough to get to get burned but it's just nice Temperatures mid sixties here today feels a lot warmer, and I figured why not do prep here and talk to you while sitting in the beautiful sunshine? Because I kn- I knew you, Prater, would be very excited if I was out at the pool. I'm very proud of you, Bob. I was checking the weather earlier, and I hope you would bring me this wonderful news. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Bob. Hey, we talked yesterday. Just as Wyoming and UNLV were tipping off, you were there at the Thomas and Mac. What were your impressions? of the other quarterfinal games yesterday, just the whole day one, Bob? Well, I think the biggest thing that I can think of is that the top four teams were indeed better than the rest, and the league was very much in tears. Uh, Last night, Boise State, along with Wyoming, Colorado State, and San Diego State, all were able to prevail, all were challenged, all came down into the final minute, in some case the final shot of either being tied or being defeated. But when you look at what happened in the conference, it shouldn't be a surprise. The top four teams in the league 
combined for 55 conference wins. The other seven in the league combined for 42 wins. So it has definitely been a top-four team. I think all of the teams have punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Wyoming right now might be in a play-in kind of situation where if they could win a game or maybe even two to win the tournament, they would move out of that. But uh, I don't think the teams are playing to get in the tournament now. I think they're playing for seeding, and I think that's going to allow for some really good games because I don't think anybody's going to feel you know, just really pressured and, and I don't want to say – you know, with the rope kind of coming down to the end of the season, you know, I think all four of the teams have to feel real good whether they win or lose today. All right, well, we got Leon versus Linder, the third chapter of Wyoming-Boise State this season, Bob. They split the first two. Home teams won both. Uh, Were there any common threads that you noticed between the first two times these two teams play that we might see tonight? Well, one of them that I think that you don't want to have come through tonight Boise State in both games was outshot and out-rebounded. And this season when they've got their 8-7 and seven, and when they've been out-rebounded, they're 5-4. and four. So uh, I think that Boise State's going to want to be on the plus side of both of those to, uh, to beat Wyoming tonight. So that, to me, is a concerning trend for the first two games. And uh, I think EK is a guy to watch. In the first game at Boise, he had 19 points, 9 rebounds. Second game, he went for 33-10. and 10. He only took five free throws in Boise. He took a whopping 15 free throws in Laramie. So I would think that maybe the number he'd get on a neutral floor would be somewhere between 5 and 15. He didn't get that yesterday. UNLV did a nice job on him. Allowed him only three free throw attempts, and he went 4 for 14. Maldonado was a guy that's been very consistent against Boise State. 17 in one game, 16 in another. He's not a three-point shooter. He's a guard that likes to go inside and back down and, and take it to the basket. So I'll be interested to see if Boise State does anything different trying to defend him. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, live from an anonymous pool somewhere in Las Vegas, getting you ready for tonight's Mountain West semifinal, Boise State, Wyoming at 7.30. Bob, what scares you the most about Wyoming? Well, that they get to the foul line a lot. EK and Maldonado have both taken over 200 free throws this season. To give you an idea, Boise State's leading free throw shooter is Kijab, who's been to the line 178 times. Free throw scoring on the year, Wyoming averages 15 points. Boise State averages 12 points at the line. Now, a plus three for Wyoming, you wouldn't think that is, you know, very different. But both of these teams have used free throw shooting as a major part of their offense. If Boise State shoots more free throws, they are 19-0. and 0. Wow. Now, the last 14 games, Boise State has really improved. 73% at the free throw line for the team in the last 14 games. So they shoot that tonight. If it's a real tight game, maybe they need to shoot a little better. But for the most part, 73% would be a very good mark. Now, how about this question, Prater, for you? Who has the longest consecutive made free throw streak on the team with six? Ooh, six? That's it? Like this. Yeah. Let's go with uh, Let's go with Tyson Degenhardt. Can I get a guess, Bobby? Sure. I'm going to say Armouche. Armouche is correct. I just love yeah. that was a trick question. A that was a trick question. No, I just always beat Prater in trivia, and I continue it. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I just don't want to see Wyoming get to the foul line, and I think sometimes with that, you're going to see players get in foul trouble, and maybe have to go to the bench. So if I'm Boise State, I don't want to see Ek and Maldonado get to the free throw line a lot because that's how they've won a lot of their games. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bob. Yesterday we saw that Nevada game, two point game. 
little little tight and a little scary there at the end. How, how do you see this game? Will it play out differently tonight? I think it will. Uh, Boise State got uh, big points from their two guards, Acott and Shaver. They combined for 37. And if you look at what they've done against Nevada during the regular season, Acott had 23 and 16, Shaver 28 and 16. But against Wyoming, those two have only averaged three and a half for Acott and seven for Wyoming. You'll say, oh, whoa, oh, that's bad. You know, where are we going to get the points? Well, they're going to come for the forwards. Degenhardt against Wyoming had 14 and 13, and Kijab had 18 and 26. Together, they only combined for 20 last night against Nevada. So I expect a lot more points coming inside, coming from the forwards tonight from Boise State. And I think the big thing to watch is what Jeffries, Wenzel, and Ducell get from outside. Those are their three-point shooters. Yep. I think Acott and Shaver need to get about as many or more as those three for the Cowboys. You can't let the Jeffries kid get hot, Bob. That's going to be paramount as well tonight. And I guess I'll just say this. I know you're the play-by-play guy, but... You know, Bob, who do you see winning these two games tonight? And uh, tell us about the coverage also. Well, I think both teams in both games could win. I think we've got a great semifinal night of basketball. I think the games are going to be close. Um, I think the the two favorites win. I think we see Boise State and Colorado State in the championship game tomorrow. I think both teams have just a little more across the board than Wyoming does and San Diego State does. Now, wouldn't surprise me if Wyoming and San Diego State won. These are by far the best four teams in the league, by far the most consistent. All of them have found ways to get it done all year, and uh, I, I think it's going to be a great semifinal. Uh, Wyoming will have the largest crowd of the four in the arena tonight. I think they brought half the state yesterday, and they'll probably bring uh, half of the rest of the half of the state tomorrow, or for tonight, I mean, and then grow tomorrow if they get to the finals. But uh, uh, it'll be a little bit of an advantage for them. Uh, really good turnout for Boise State. By far the best turnout they've had in the in the time that they've been coming. We've been coming down to the Mountain West, and you know Colorado State, San Diego State both had good turnouts. But again, when your teams are winning, you think you got a chance to get the tournament championship. You're going to get people there. Bob, is your shirt on or off right now? Yes, on definitely. Okay, he was your shirt on guy at the yeah. pool. I uh, appreciate that. Well, well, not when I go in the water, but I haven't gone in the water. So <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna jump in, Bobby? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> it's more of the problem is when you jump out, not when you jump in. So, uh, seven o'clock tonight, Mountain Time will be our pregame. By the way, over on six seventy KBO. I believe that was the other part of the question you asked. Appreciate you, Bob. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus. Great stuff, Raider. Say you are going. You're going to follow Boise State wherever they go to the tournament. There's eight locations. What's the best experience going to be for that Boise State fan? I did my homework, Prater style. I got some ideas. We want your calls on this, too. Give us a call. Tell us know your favorite. We're doing it next. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Welcome back. Idaho Sports Talk, Prater in the ballgame. Thank you. Uh, 208-424-9300. Call or text. B.J. Reigns with Bronco Nation News will join us this hour. We'll get trivia going with Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Uh, biscuit and Hogs up uh, for grabs today. And uh, we're going to start this thing out, though, Prater. We're assuming Boise State's in the tournament because they're in the stinking tournament. We okay? don't have to assume. We Thank don't have you. to assume. Stop assuming. There's eight locations. Now, we should not assume that they're just going to get Portland or San Diego because, oh, they're close to those teams. When you're a six, seven, eight, nine seed, whatever they're going to be, 
they don't cater to you like that, Prater. So they could get shipped to, yep. uh, I don't know, Buffalo, New York, or something like that. There are people listening to this show right now that are saying, wherever they go, I will follow. Okay? Well, game, I've had that conversation with a few people this week, and uh, I had to burst their dreams, bubble their dreams, uh, blow up their dreams, because they thought, hey, we'll go to Portland. No, yeah, no Portland's brainer. a gimme, or San Diego is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a backdrop. Nope. I would say there's a better chance that they would go to one of the other six cities, which, for the purpose of this conversation, include Milwaukee, Fort Worth, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, the aforementioned Buffalo, and Greenville, South Carolina. I think Boise State will end up in one of those six cities. We all want it to be Portland. I can guarantee you that Gonzaga will be playing in Portland. Yeah. And if there's any kind of potential for Boise State to show up on an eight-line, win their first-round game, and play Portland in the or play Gonzaga in the second round, ball game. Sign me up. If they are on the eight line, I could see the committee sending them to Portland because that does make sense. And the committee has a weird way of having weird storylines just come about. Oh, Leon Rice possibly versus Mark Few. Oh, round two in Portland. Okay, right. Now that would be a Moda Center sellout, right? Well, it'll be a. I'm assuming it's a sellout. Anyway. Regardless, sure. Yeah, that'd be a big opportunity. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's our dream scenario. That's it. Yep. Okay. That's our dream scenario. San Diego State's never a bad destination. I just don't think it's always that cozy. What about, though, okay, just the overall experience. And if anybody wants to jump in on this, Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline will have you. 208-424-9300. If you want to get in on this, maybe you're going regardless. What experience are you looking for? It's not just about the game, right, Prater? I mean, that's well, at least that's the game we're playing right now. You know, I have that written down from our meeting today. Where do you want Boise State to go? We're talking about the experience. What's the best experience for a family that's going to go watch this team play next week? Yeah, certainly not the basketball team. They show up the day before. They do their press conferences. They play games. They work out. They do their games, and then they come home as soon as they're done. So, yeah, we're not talking about, you know, the the 30-person travel party. We're talking about the potential for for fan bases. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw Buffalo off the list. I can why would anybody go to Buffalo? It's That's my be, number eight. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. There's, it's going to be cold. Um, you know what? I actually looked at the th- I looked at the weather format for every one of these cities oh next my week. God, you I know, geek. I am. And Buffalo is actually going to be mid sixties. It's not going to be too bad if you're thinking about the cold. And obviously, I did because I looked at the weather next Friday. Uh, Milwaukee has the Friday Sunday bracket next uh, next week. Milwaukee next Friday. The high is supposed to be forty six degrees. The high next week. Uh, would be Fort Worth if you're looking for weather. That's next Thursday. They would play in Fort Worth, 77 degrees. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go Fort Worth. I want Boise State to end up in Fort Worth. One, because it's got Billy Bob's, the world's greatest honky-tonk. It's the world's biggest bar. I made. I told you about Billy Bob's a yeah. couple of weeks ago when I said it has an indoor rodeo arena. Yes. 3,000 people. This is just a bar. It's a honky-tonk beer dive bar. With a 3,000-seat rodeo arena, you can cram all kinds of people in their concerts every night. Billy Bob's, Prater's done some serious damage at Billy Bob's in the past. The weather's going to be spectacular. And according to Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm, the two key bracketologists, as of right now, Baylor, a number one seed, going to Fort Worth. Kansas, a number one seed, going to Fort Worth. It just sounds too sexy for me, ballgame. That was number two for me. Number one, San Diego. Um, Why? Uh, everything that comes with San Diego, just the experience of the beach, just a beautiful city. And I think I'm going down there to watch Boise State. It's not a 
long flight, just a couple of hours, and uh, just SeaWorld, um, Legoland, um, the Del Mar racetrack. I can just do a La Jolla. I mean, if I want to pack my golf clubs, I have a million golf courses I can go to, too. Yep, yep. So San Diego's number one. Fort Worth is number two. Okay. This, this is where it got hard for me, though. I had Greenville, South Carolina, number three. Why? Because I couldn't find anything about them that I liked or disliked. Okay. I couldn't find the other than it's uh, one of America's cute little artsy fartsy towns. I mean, it's a it's like one of they they claim themselves to be one of America's cute little small town artsy towns, and it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not by the beach. Well, it's, it's not super far away from the beach, Brainers. It's it's in it's a couple it's in, of hours. It's eastern South Carolina. But if you're going there for two basketball games in three days, you're not going to spend four hours driving to the beach. Come on, ball game. It's I think you're looking at a forty five minute hour drive tops, not. The Prater exaggeration. Now it's turned into four hours. Well, it's round trip. Now it's going to be a plane trip. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought driving to the beach from Greenville, South Carolina. Two hours. I, I think it's and like, then two hours back. Jim, uh, it. I'm going to go an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's but fair. Uh, but I couldn't find anything about Greenville. Why would I ever want to go to Greenville, South Carolina? Um, I have zero interest in going to Green. I'd rather go to Indianapolis because I could go to St. Elmo Steakhouse, one of the greatest steakhouses this country's ever produced. Every NFL football player, every combine participant, everybody that's ever gone to Indianapolis for a Final Four, or anybody that's ever had any kind of a sporting experience in Indianapolis, you got to go to St. Elmo Steakhouse. I'd rather go there. Okay. Why would I want to go to Greenville, South Carolina? I, I was thinking, honestly, uh, Southern hospitality, hmm. the beach. Beach that, ain't happening. You know, that whole deal. Indianapolis, um, for me, was like fifth on my list. That's up there, too. But it's a it's the home state of basketball, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So you can yeah. just take in the whole experience of basketball being at Indianapolis. Portland, I didn't I didn't have super high because I've been there a million times. Like, for me, Portland's like, I, I just, I, I've done it. Milwaukee. Pittsburgh, just bleh, bleh. Like, there's not a lot of destination places on this list, Prater. I mean, no. I Milwaukee, okay, I can go see the Sausage Factory, what, they have the, the Miller uh, beer plant. They have beer everywhere in Milwaukee. I wrote that one down, beer, with Jeez. three extra marks. You know what I found out about Milwaukee, too? Uh, Laverne and Shirley? Um, I, I don't know what that means, but the National Bobblehead Museum and Hall of Fame. Is in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can see myself taking a quick little yeah. road trip over to something stupid like that. I would do something stupid like that, too. <laughs> we finally agree on something. Let's get to Tony. He's holding. Uh, Tony, welcome to the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Tony, please save this conversation right now. How are you guys? We're fighting. Well, I was just going to say one thing because I've been to several. If you are a sports fan and not necessarily a fan of a team, going to a NCAA regional tournament or anything like that is probably the best experience you'll ever have. It is awesome. And if you're looking for a reason to go to Greenville, South Carolina, yes, I yes am. please help me because it looks like it's a four-hour drive to Myrtle Beach. I'm a fat guy. It's barbecue. South Carolina style vinegar base with mustard. It's awesome. Oh, that sounds good. And listen to yeah. his voice. He's got the voice that goes with it, yeah, Prater. Yeah. Say that again, Tony. It's vinegar, mustard based barbecue. <laughs> and there, there's three styles of barbecue there is Kansas City barbecue, there's Carolina barbecue, and there's Tennessee barbecue. I've eaten it all. I prefer Tennessee, but Carolina is really good. 
Tony sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to hang out with Tony. If, if you saw me, you would know. I know of what I speak. Tony, what are we talking? How big are you, dude? Oh, probably, well, I know how tall I am, but probably 310. Okay, so you and Prater are about the same weight. Well, be nice now. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm good. But, and I'm assuming when Boise State played in Memphis, you guys went like to the rendezvous or the commissary and stuff like that because that's the part of the world I'm from, and it's really good stuff. I've done I some mean, serious time I'm, in the basement I'm at rendezvous. So I schedule my trips by where I'm going to eat. <laughs> hey, man, I'm with you on that, too. Prater, his whole schedule here, you see, Tony, every single city Prater lists, he has to like go to the steakhouse or where he's eating. Well, like, that's pro- number one. Or the bar. The, the problem with Prater is because I drink tequila, I like to eat, but he does not like Roger Staubach. I and, don't. I mean, that's when I told him he's going to hell. Yeah. Because he doesn't like Roger Staubach. And you're, once again, you're right, because I, I don't like Roger Staubach, and, and I worry about that every day. I think I'm going to get to the pearly gates, and, and they're going to say, yeah, you're the only human being on the planet who didn't like Roger Staubach. Tried to tell you, bud, and you just wouldn't listen. <laughs> I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Tony, All that's right. awesome, man. Great call. Appreciate you listening, and keep on calling. Uh, good stuff. I got a text that says, I love Greenville, South Carolina. That's where I would choose. It's a good three hours one way from the beach. Uh, Prater, you say it's even further than that, so yeah, I, that that scratches it off for me. Then. Google Maps says it at four, so it's an eight-hour round trip. You're but not going to the beach. Tony probably. saved me with uh, the barbecue talk, though. Oh, so oh, that's good enough for some me, Some good right? stuff there. Where would you rather go? All those cities, you, if you missed it, you can look it up. Uh, if, assuming Boise State can't get to Portland or San Diego, what do you think the best spot for them would be? In the meantime, Prater... Let's get back to Vegas. How's that? Sounds good. BJ Reigns, Bronco Nation News, live from Vegas. What's the one key factor for Boise State to win this game? BJ says he knows it. He's going to tell it to you when we come back on Prater and the Ballgame. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater and the Ballgame. You just can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them. Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Prater in the ball game, a Boise State game night. Prater says this could end up being one of the pivotal games in the history of this program, one of the most important games in the history of this program, Prater. It's definitely one of the most important games. The opportunities out there, there's a lot of boxes to check ball game. Well, we're joined right now by BJ Reigns. And by the way, this segment is on all Bronco Nation news channels. It's on all KTIK forms of social media. And if you want to see what Prater is wearing today, it's available. It's right there on the picture. We're live here with BJ Rains. He's sporting his Utah Jazz hat. I'm sporting a, Mar- a Seattle Mariners hat. And it looks like BJ, welcome. You're sporting a Las Vegas casino hat. What they pay you? 25 cents to wear that, you cheapo? 
They paid for my hotel room. Is that enough? <laughs> uh, yeah, ball game, yeah, you yeah. can make fun of it all you want. BJ, can you bring one of those back for me? I'll take that. <laughs> I'll do what I can, guys. Do what I can. Got some time at the pool today, and now getting ready for the game. I'm I'm going from you guys straight to Laramie, Wyoming Radio after this. So hopefully you guys are a little bit nicer to me. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Leon versus Linder, uh, part three tonight, BJ. What's the one key factor for Boise State to be able to win this and do what they've never done? play for a Mountain West tournament championship. Stay out of foul trouble, and in particular, Milad and Armouche. I mean, going against Graham E.K., nothing against, uh, you know, Lucas Milner or Najee Smith or any of these other guys. Uh, they need 30-plus minutes out of, uh, you know, uh, Milad and Armouche tonight. So how the game's officiated I think is going to be key. You know, Milad and Armouche doesn't really take a lot of charges, so I have this crazy idea. I think that uh, Tyson Degenhart should start the game on, on – uh, EK and just take a couple flops and get a couple charges and get him in foul trouble and get him on the bench. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be the key to the game. Leon told us yesterday on an average game, Wyoming has 50 times a game where they post up either EK or Maldonado. So you're talking literally almost every possession, the ball's going to go into the paint to either Maldonado or EK. So um, how the game's officiated and how Boise State can defend in the paint without fouling, I think it's going to be a huge key in this game. You know, BJ, the styles of these two teams a lot more similar, correct? than that of, say, Nevada yesterday where they want to turn it into a track meet. Boise State wants to get you in a phone booth and beat the hell out of you. Wyoming stylistically uh, kind of matches up with Boise State well, don't they? Yeah, no, they like to slow it down. Like They're much slower. They like to control the tempo. And like I said, they like to use some shot clock, dump it into the paint, you know, work inside out, whether E.K. or Maldonado, uh, you know, go up for the shot or get fouled or kick it out to Jeffries or some of theirs, Odin, some of their three-point shooters. I mean, that's kind of Wyoming's game. And so, yeah, Boise State, again, has to stay out of foul trouble, has to limit the number of uh, free throw attempts Wyoming gets in this game. You know, the last time they played uh, in Laramie, as you guys know, E.K. had 33 points, 10 rebounds, and he was like 14 to 15 from the foul line so they've got to limit the free throw attempts and try to control the pace a little bit but Wyoming's game is going to be uh you know uh, just a little bit more tempo and a little you know, control the tempo and uh, they're gonna they're gonna work that ball into the paints on every possession BJ Reigns Bronco Nation News live from Las Vegas getting you ready for tonight's Boise State Mountain West semifinal against Wyoming 7 30 Boise start time BJ let's go back to that Wyoming game in Laramie a little while ago they scored 44 points in the second half. They scored 72 points total. You just talked about the pace and how they like to push it. How can Boise State's elite defense take care of Wyoming's up-tempo offense? Yeah, that's going to be a huge key in this game. Is trying to that's going to be a big battle as Boise State's defense, Wyoming's offense, and you know I haven't checked, but last I looked, uh, Ek and Maldonado were the uh, highest scoring duo in the country between the two of them, averaging about 20 points each. And so you're penciling in 40 plus points from those two guys. And so yeah, Boise State's just going to have to, uh, you know, like I said, I, I keep saying it, but they're going to have to just stay out of foul trouble and and not allow too many three point shots. I mean, when they like to pack it into the paint, what usually happens is they kick it out to their shooters for threes. So uh, you got, you know, I don't know if doubling EK will work every time if you're going to leave guys open for three. So it's kind of pick your poison there, but that certainly is going to be a, a key to this game. And you mentioned that game in Laramie, and that was a tight game with four minutes left. And there was a fifth foul call on, on Tyson Degenhart, uh, and that kind of changed the game a little bit. And so, um, you know, both games were winnable. Boise State won of them, and the second one they were right there in the final couple of minutes. So I think Boise State feels like, uh, you know, this is some daunting team that they have no chance to beat. I think they feel like they match up pretty well with them, and I think they're excited about this one. The leader of this team, Abu Kijab, we saw him at the Extra Mile Arena just put that victory on their backs the other night when they clinched the championship. And then in this first tournament game was probably the third or fourth most important player. He's too good for that. Do we expect a big night for Abu Kijab tonight? 
yeah, only had 11 points last night. And I think Marcus Shaver, too. I mean, he was another guy that was only 3 of 13 from the field yesterday, even though he had 15 points. And so, yeah, I think Abu Kijab is certainly the leader of this team. He was there in the press conference yesterday uh, basically saying this team's not done, this team ain't, ain't going anywhere. So, um, you know, it's hard to get Abu to say anything about a game because every game you ask him how great was this one, he just says, oh, we're not done, we're not satisfied, we're on to the next one. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. At some point he's going to have to celebrate the win he just had. Maybe that's tomorrow at 5 o'clock if they can win the title. But, uh, yeah, Abu is obviously the, the leader of this team. We talked about it yesterday on and off the court. And uh, his defense certainly will be a big key as well in this game. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, you could, you know, 11 points, probably pencil him in for a few more than that tonight. Yeah, he had 26 in that loss at Laramie. Is he a matchup problem for Wyoming? Yeah, it's funny because everybody's talking about Emmanuel Acott. Oh, 6'8 point guard. Well, Maldonado is like 6'8", too. So that's kind of an even trade there at the point guard spot. But, uh, yeah, I think he has a chance to uh, be a matchup uh, problem there on the on the wing. And, you know, he likes to back down into the post himself, kind of like Maldonado does, and work out of the middle. So I think Kijab's a big player. But, I, honestly, I think Marcus Shaver is a big player in this game. And, you know, I think they're all big. But, I mean, Degenhardt, he only had nine points yesterday, I think. I think six rebounds. But, uh, you know, again, he fouled out of the last Wyoming game, wasn't in there at the end of the game. I think Tyson Degenhardt has his feet wet now after playing in his, his first Mountain West uh, you know tournament game yesterday, and I think that Tyson Degenhardt's a, a big key to this game as well this afternoon. BJ Reigns, Bronco Nation News, live from Las Vegas. Again, this segment is being uh, broadcasted through video as well on all forms of everything we have here, social media, online, and all that good stuff. Um, BJ, your hotel room looks pretty nice, by the way, man. They set you up pretty good at Circa. No wonder you're wearing their hat, man. I like it. It is, it is very nice. It's a good, it nice little spot there. BJ, I don't, I don't think Wyoming is a hundred percent in yet. Honestly, Indiana is going on this run in the Big Ten tournament. They beat Illinois today. They could be stealing a bid. I don't know if anybody cares out there, but Conference USA, the number one team, North Texas, who went to the tournament last year, they're the one seed in Conference USA. They lost in the quarterfinals today to an eight. Now all of a sudden they don't think they. they all of a sudden they could be a bubble team. In your opinion, does Wyoming or at least have to play well? I mean, they have them in the first four right now. Lenardi does. So it's not a given. I think that they're in this tournament, which I think makes it even more important for Wyoming and Linder to get this done tonight. I think Wyoming wins this game, BJ. Are we allowed to mention Lenardi as a CBS station? Or do we yes. Have to stick to Palm here. I don't know. No, what, we, what I don't. I haven't looked at Palm time. right now, but Palm's probably close to it too. But you're yeah, right. I, you know, if if you look at the bracketology guys and reading the latest tweets from Joe Lenardi, he says Wyoming's in. He says they're in. He says that there's uh you know basically the, all the bubble teams are fighting for the last three spots, and he has Wyoming as the the you know top of the last four in. So you listen to the bracketologist, they're in. But I don't think Jeff Linder's sitting there, you know, going to be sitting there with his feet propped up, feeling good if they lose tonight. So I mean, it's a quad one game for both teams. Uh, uh, it's a neutral court game, so top 50 of the net is quad one. So this would not be a bad loss for Wyoming. Certainly a win would cement their spot, but I think they're still, uh, you know, in a decent spot uh, if they lose. You mentioned all the teams that won today, all the bubble teams. I mean, certainly the bubble is shrinking, and Wyoming uh, has not played great down the stretch here. I mean, they've won two in a row, but, uh, you know, have been in a little bit of a slide. So I don't think they're comfortable, but I think they would probably still get in. But I don't know if you want to take that chance if yep. you're Wyoming. BJ, I saw your boy last night, Bowser, talking about or putting out a tweet that said, Wyoming fans are outnumbering Boise State fans 10 to 1. Uh, yeah. We all knew that Boise State fans would travel down there better than they have in the past. Wyoming has always been one of the best down there. The entire state empties out. Is there any kind of fan advantage for Wyoming tonight? 
Well, how about this, guys? It's kind of a unique way they did the uh, seating. So each of the 11 teams gets like a section, and basically each each quadrant of the arena has three teams in it, like, and they're kind of layered. Well, it just so happens that three of the four teams playing tonight all are in the same quadrant of seats, Wyoming, San Diego State, and Boise State. So you're going to have one-fourth of the arena 100% full, and then the rest of the other three-thirds of the arena, two-thirds of the arena, whatever it is, three-fourths, a little bit sparser. So it's going to be a little weird because the Wyoming and Boise State fans are going to be literally sitting right next to each other um, but uh, yeah, no, they, they had a huge crowd. They travel really well. And then now the fact that they're playing well and, um, you know, doing well this season. Yes, it was, uh, I don't know if I'd quite go 10 to one, but it was probably seven to one or eight to one. It was a huge advantage for Wyoming. I do know uh, some Boise state fans that, uh, uh, couldn't make it down until today. So I think Boise State will have a little better contingent tonight. But, uh, yeah, it, it'll be a, a big pro-Wyoming crowd. And that Wyoming-UNLV game yesterday was was uh, pretty pretty insane how 50-50 that crowd was and how awesome that atmosphere was. So you got the top four teams. All those fan bases traveled, knowing they were going to be in this game tonight. I think you're going to have uh, a big crowd for both games. But uh, I would just think Wyoming will easily have the uh, best attendance of the four teams tonight. It'll be you know, BJ, I know you haven't been in the town as long as Prater has here and covering this team, but, you know, Prater thinks this could be the biggest game in Boise State basketball history tonight. What do you think on that? Yeah, I saw Connor Johnstone, a former golfer at Boise State, tweet that out earlier, and I, I texted you about that, Johnny. It's a very interesting thought because uh, – I can't go quite that far, but, I mean, they've never played in the Mountain West Championship game. They've never won an NCAA tournament game. Um, they are going for a program record 26th win, which would, would lean, you know, in that direction. Um, I, you know, it would take a little more time. I would, I would trust Prater's judgment over mine, but I would say it's probably top five, maybe in that five to ten range. Uh, I would have to look at it more. But, I mean, any of the games – in the NCAA tournament, it's hard for me to say those aren't uh, bigger than bigger than this one. But um, you know, if they get to the championship game tomorrow, I, I you know maybe that changes things. I think you do have the fact that, as I said, they've never played in the finals. A win tonight gives them a school record, 26 wins. So those would be two reasons why you would say it's a very important game. You're playing for potentially a six seed if you win the tournament. Um, yeah, it's a it's a monster game for Boise State for Leon Rice for this program to continue their ascension as becoming a basketball school. But uh, semifinals of a conference tournament game i'm not quite sure i can say it's the biggest game in school history yeah i think that's fair bj and there's probably as you guys both said there's four or five or six games out there where you could debate them and there's really no wrong or right answer and what the emphasis of what i was pushing on is it's taken the last month for the psyche of the boise state fans to jump on board and not say anymore uh leon's gonna screw it up they're on board and they're clearly on board with this team and if he loses tonight, and I don't think he will, Johnny thinks they're going to lose. I think Boise State's going to win. I think they'll probably lose to Colorado State in the final tomorrow. But the psyche, if you can get past this game tonight, or if you lose this game and then you lose the NCAA tournament, it's like we're going into the offseason. It's like, oh, they couldn't get it done again. And the ramifications are offseason consequences, bigger, better contracts, bigger, better booster support, bigger, better fan support. Jeremiah going out and asking for money for this foot or for this basketball team to to fix the infrastructure. That's what I mean in terms of it's just important to finish strong with no blemishes so they can go into this offseason with this great killer psyche about something good that they've done. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with that. That all makes sense. But I'll, I'll. Uh, not only am I on your side for tonight, Prater. I think they win the tournament. I'll, 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 I'll come out and say it. I said it yesterday. If they won the game yesterday, I thought they were going to win the tournament. I just felt like yesterday was the game. They need to get over the hump. They survive. They kind of take a deep breath. I think you continue to get guys healthier. The guys not be as sick. Uh, I think they come out and get to the championship game tomorrow. And if they play Colorado State. 
Uh, we are, you know, in Vegas, uh, you know, I, I would feel very confident that Boise State could win this game tomorrow. They've talked for two weeks about how they want another chance at Colorado State. They, they, if they get to play Colorado State tomorrow in the finals, I would feel very confident that uh, Colorado State wouldn't get them for a third time this year. BJ, is this team on borrowed time? I asked Prater this earlier today. I want your opinion, too. And I say that meaning if they lose tonight and then they lose their opening round game in the NCAA tournament, are fans still going to stand up and applaud this season and say it's maybe the best season in the history of this program? Or do you think there's going to be a big yeah, but, or all this other stuff at the end? Is this team on borrowed time right now with this fan base, or they still have at least a little bit of work left to do? Oh, they'll be the 2% of haters that even if Boise State got to the Final Four, if they lost that game, they say, oh, they couldn't get to the championship. I mean, there, there's that, <laughs> that small there's that small number of people that you guys know that for, are just waiting. They've just got the tweets already ready tonight if they lose or when they lose in the first game. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, you're going to lose the last game regardless, right? I mean, you're, you're going to. You're not. I mean, let's just be honest here. The chances are they're going to lose the last game they play. The only way you don't lose two is if you win the Mountain West Tournament. So, I don't know if a two-game losing streak to end the season now all of a sudden means that they couldn't get it done in March or, or um, you know, whatever. So, I, you know, I get that sentiment, Johnny. There's certainly a, a, a small fraction of Bronco Nation that probably will uh, take that side. But I think the the, the, the large, uh, you know, portion of the fan base, the, the, you know, normal fans that realize what's going on, realize that once you get to the conference semifinals, yeah, I, I agree. I think you're, 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 you're on house money at this point. You mm -hmm. just try to try to win and get to the championship. Once you get to the NCAA tournament, it, it's all gravy. And maybe you get an upset and get a win and get to play coach K or something in the second round. I mean, I just, no, I, I think from whatever happens here on out, it'll be one of the greatest seasons in program history, but they still got a chance to make it the greatest with a couple more wins. Think about this guys, you know, the Boise state moment of moments, the Fiesta bowl, January 1st, 2007. Could you imagine Boise State in a second-round game against, like BJ just mentioned, Duke, and like winning that game? What that would do for basketball and have that whole Fiesta Bowl type of feel again. BJ, I appreciate the time, man. Well done. Uh, enjoy your coverage on BNN. I'm sure you guys will be going live after the game. And heck yeah, man, we'll see you Sunday at the Selection Sunday party at Extra Mile, man. See ya, bud. Should be, should be a lot of fun, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Hey, we need a contestant. Rock, jocks, and pop culture. We're playing it a little early today. 208-424-9300. Call that number right now if you want to get a certificate to Biscuits and Hogs and play a little rock jockage. We're doing it next. Prater in the ball game. Idaho Sports Talk. KTIK the ticket. This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock, Jocks, and Pop Culture. Testing your knowledge of all things music, sports, and many other random things from the course of human history. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. All right, our guest today is Jeff from Middleton. Prater, when's the last time you were in Middleton? I go there a lot. I got friends there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a year I mean, ago. I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah, a couple times a year. Okay, a couple times a year. Good stuff. Jeff, welcome. What's going on with you today? How's Middleton? It's great. Just on my uh, way home for the weekend. Where's that? No, so I'm on my way home for the weekend. Oh, yeah, gotcha. He's going home to his house for a really cool weekend. In Middleton. My fault, man. Yeah, Which means right. he's about to drive past <laughs> Star, probably, right? Yep, exactly. All right, Jeff. Well, let's have some fun with this. We got a gift certificate to Biscuits and Hogs to give you, 
And uh, let's see if you can nail this. You get two lifelines, Prater and JP. We're playing some trivia, and I think I'm going to stump you today, Jeff. I think I am, okay? Uh-oh. Here we Uh-oh. go. Here's the rock. Jeff, which alternative rock band covered a Fleetwood Mac song called Landslide that went on to be a top three hit song in 1994? What band covered Alternative Rock? Fleetwood Mac's Landslide, and it ended up being a top three hit in the sweet year of 94 going to definitely use a lifeline on this one, debating between uh, JP and, and Mike. Oh, let's go JP. Ooh, Landslide. Well, Landslide is not, it's not a, you know, it's a pretty mellow song. Fleetwood Mac is considered soft rock. Um, alternative Landslide, uh, 94, alternative band Landslide. Jeez, that's a good that's a good question, Johnny. Um, I should know this. Landslide. Can you sing "Landslide" for me? Don't ask him to do that, please. <laughs> please hey, you guys know the song <laughs> "Landslide," no? I took it no. away. I took away. I, mean, I, I know. I mean, um, and a landslide. Goes. Um, I'm just just gonna throw out "Goo Goo Dolls," which I think is wrong. Goo Goo Dolls. Okay, I'm thinking '94 alternative. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else was in that era. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if nothing else. So one of the song, one of these alternative rock bands' best songs. Oh, 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 oh! oh. Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, he sounds pretty good. Uh, good on that. I'm, I'm gonna go go with uh, JP on that. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Nice. Now you remember. Yeah, huh, now I remember. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. There we go. One for one. Here we go. Jocks. Jeff, in 1979, the NCAA tournament expanded to 40 teams and seeded every team. Okay? So since then, what college basketball team has had the most number one seeds in the NCAA tournament? This team has been the number has been a one seed the most. Okay, since '79, uh, I have to think about this. It's got to be one of the Blue Bloods. Uh, Duke became really good in the mid '80s and has been really good ever since. UNC's always been up there. Kansas, most number ones. I'm going to go with Duke. Bad breaks and crooked riffs. Oh. Not correct. You saved a lifeline, I guess. Prater, if he would have asked you, would you have said Duke? No, Kansas? Nope. Kansas not either, huh? No, Kansas is actually tied with Duke, I think, for 14 what? number one seeds. Okay. Oh, not 14th place. North Carolina, 17 times. Really? The Tar Heels. Yeah, I would have figured Duke and North Carolina would have split them enough, and Kansas has dominated the, the Big 12 so many years. Yep. And they haven't they won like fourteen titles in a row, conference titles in yep. a row. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Yep. Duke. Right. I'm sorry, North Carolina with seventeen. You got that wrong, Jeff in Middleton. Final question for you, and you have a Mike Prater lifeline. Pop culture, Jeff. What was the name 
Okay, never mind. The classic video game Pong, Jeff. Pong. It was developed and designed by what company? Remember Pong? Oh. Jeff, you seem old. You probably had Pong. You probably played it. I know Pong. Uh, thanks for calling me old. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but who developed it? Well, no matter what, I'm going to use I'm going to use Prater. I mean, I've got a couple just horrible guesses, but I'd be uh, anxious to hear what Prater has to say. I got Pong for Christmas. Me and my little brother got Pong for Christmas okay. one year. It may we have did. been the first and only video game I've ever played. Okay. Um, Who developed it? What game company? I'm, I mean, I'm almost positive it was Atari. Atari. Okay. Wasn't Atari the well, name of the company? Is that a that, that's right? Right? That's got to be right. Yes. Yeah. Atari was a big one. It, for me, it was between like Atari and Activision. I don't so remember. If an you're Activ- feeling good about it. I don't remember an Activision. Yeah, if you're feeling good about Atari, I'm I'm definitely willing to go Atari. I'm feeling fifty-one percent good about Atari. I like it. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Nice. Correct. <laughs> Atari developed Pong, or the guy who developed Atari worked, I'm sorry, Pong worked for Atari, and the rest is history. They were kind of the industry leader right off the first five, my, ten My years older of... brother had Pong, too, and I yeah. saw it, and it was cool, and he yeah. wouldn't let me play, and uh, that wasn't cool. Uh, yeah, Jeff and Middleton, enjoy <laughs> your gift card to Biscuit and Hogs, man. Thanks for playing. Love it. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Does anybody else out there know it was Atari? Huh? Good stuff. Prater got a video game question correct. And, and a pop culture question. Yeah, pop culture. That, that, I mean, that if you, you would ask me see. who the Turtles were or what the, whatever you that. Cra- Can you name one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Like, honestly, come on. Give me one. Well, the guy yesterday named four of them. Yeah, name one. Um, 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 um Ninja. One Ninja Turtle. Oh, um, um, um there, there was a there, come on. Donatelli. Yes, Donatello. Donatello. Donatelli. Who's Donatelli? I don't know. My, <laughs> my, my Italian booker and bookie in college. I love it, man. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, we got feedback finale two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. Who's gonna win tonight? What are your thoughts on anything going on in sports right now? Is Watson a good fit in Seattle? You think that will happen? Um, yeah, we got to get out early today. We're not happy about it either, but we're gonna get you to the Steelheads at five o'clock. For the big game on the ice, so we're going to wrap the show up next. Prater in the ball game. The good, the not so good, long form, short form. Tell us who you are, or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the feedback finale on Idaho Sports Time on Sports Radio The Ticket. Let Let's jump to the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Let's hear from Marty McFly, who gets us started tonight. Says, "I agree with Prater." Tonight is monumental in the history of the Boise State basketball program. I'm sticking with it, ballgame. Monumental. That, that's about as big as you can get, monumental. For the psyche of Boise State basketball, internally, externally, inside yeah. the family, outside the family, for the psyche of Boise State basketball, tonight is the most important game in program history. I think Wyoming's got more to play for. I think Wyoming takes, I think they win. Uh, I do. I think the, this this it'll be close, Boise. Yeah. I don't think this basketball team can get beat by intangibles like that. And usually that's yeah. a pretty strong point. But I think this Boise State basketball team is different. They're not going to get beat by intangibles. If they're going to get beat by Wyoming, it's going to be because of those two knuckleheads that are just what EK and Maldonado. Yeah, totally. Yep. Okay. I didn't mean knuckleheads. You guys, you guys I just you, <laughs> you know, just mean yeah, their yeah. competition they're in the players. way of Boise State's big story. I love them. They're great players, and you know. 
Prater got excited. Sorry. Sheldon says, go Wyoming from Vandal Nation. Now, why do you got to go there? I don't Sheldon? know. I mean, Vandal's just, you know. I mean, BSU fan would say the same you thing. You know what? You're right. And it's just, the, 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 that's over. Move on, people. Move on, Boise State fans. Move on, Vandal fans. Come on. Matt says, Tanaka Beard played bully ball before there was bully ball. I remember watching him as a kid at the pavilion, just physically dominating his opponents and then flip a switch and outskill them. He was really fun to watch. I would agree with all that, except for he played bully ball before there was bully ball. Not even close to truth. Arnell Jones. Okay. Before Tanaka Beard played bully ball. Tanaka Beard took that position, took bully ball, added skill, and made it ten times better. I did. I didn't see any of them. I, I didn't either. You know, but I'll take Prater's yeah. word for it. Arnell Jones played bully ball. Ar- Arnell Jones invented bully ball at Boise. At How Boise big State. was Arnell Jones? Was um, he as bigger? big as this studio. <laughs> he was bigger than uh, Tanaka, though. As far like uh... Uh, certainly a little wider in college. Uh, Arnell may not have been six nine. I'm going to guess in college Arnell was six eight two seventy five in college. Tanaka was probably 6'9", 250. Gotcha. Uh, Selvi wrote in today and said, Deshaun Watson would be a great fit for the Sea Chickens, Johnny. If they get the running game going, Perry has a uh, beast second half of the season. DK and Lockett could shine. I see it a good fit. Go get, go get it and fix the D, Johnny. Vegas says Pittsburgh has a better chance of getting him than... Really? There's already odds. There's already a bet you can make for where Deshaun Watson will get traded to. And yes, right now the clubhouse leader is Tampa Bay Buccaneers, followed by Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Seattle was like four or five teams down the list. They were? Really? Yeah. Yeah, Seattle was further down than I thought. I, I still think he's going to go to Seattle, but uh, that might be a big Monday story, too. Monday could be a huge day on Idaho Sports Talk, guys. Monday will be a huge day on Idaho Good Sports point. Talk. Good point. Bracket Monday, guys. The next time we come on the air, we're going to have brackets. We're going to be filling them out. And Prater's going to be, oh, God, this team has no chance. And Yeah, I can't wait. I, I will not act like an expert next week, I promise. Don't forget, go to KTIK.com. Our million-dollar bracket challenge is there. You can sign up now. And then when the bracket gets released on Sunday, go back, fill them out. Take on Johnny, Prater, yes. JP, Bob Beeler. We're all going to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, Wade weighs in today and says, uh, Arnell was a friggin' beast. Yeah. Could bench 300 pounds. I saw it. Moving, uh, or sorry, morning weight class, he saw it. Yeah. And he also added that Wyoming beats us tonight only because our bigs get into foul trouble. That's, that was a big point from BJ. Yeah. That's about all the time we got right now. So we uh, get set to uh, turn it over to Colin Shuck, standing by the Battle of the Fish. Oh, yeah. Who are those? Toledo. The Cods and the Salmon? No, it's the Walleye and the Steelhead. The Walleye. Yeah. In What's Toledo? a Walleye? In Toledo. A Walleye? Fish. It's, the fish. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Go hang out at Pike's Marketplace a few times. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Been, do they have they're the walleyes a big fish up there? Uh, I'm talking out of my ass now. Okay. I mean, I know like salmon and trout and all that good <laughs> stuff, but... Hell yeah, guys. Uh, Monday's going to be a hell of a show, like Prater said. We'll break down who they're playing, where they're playing, give the complete bracket lowdown. We'll get a great guest list. Uh, Go Steelheads. We'll see you Monday. Love ya. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.